Ron and Anian. There's a consumer law that states in New Jersey that any parts installed by a repair shop, the repair shop is liable for the consequences and the outcome. Even if wow. the consumer tells me it's okay, you can sign a waiver. I like big cars like the one that's sitting in my grandpa's yard. He say they don't make them like that no more. Now Pontiac, get that Chevy for big cars. The car doctor. If we diagnose this as just a pure cooling system problem, I don't think you have one because you're saying you went, if I heard you right, you went... 80, 90 miles without the trailer on, and the truck runs normal temp. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy, the car doctor here at 855-560-9900. 855-560-9900. Give us a call. Talk to us about your car problem, whatever you've got, fender to fender and door to door. More information about this radio show at cardoctorshow.com at cardoctorshow.com. I'll repeat that. And uh, keep in mind, if you're a podcaster, we are a live broadcast radio show. We actually do this throughout over the airwaves, and um, although the podcasting thing just keeps growing. So uh, there are podcasters out there, and we thank you because we know you've got a lot of choices. And um, how cool was it this week? I actually had to explain how podcasting worked. young man came in to drop off his car for the first time, and um, John Mark, and he was, uh, he didn't, pod- well, he didn't, he didn't podcast. It was kind of weird. He was probably... 23 24 and he wasn't a podcaster i was stunned and um you know i'm glad to have him i i maybe i misunderstood him but i'm glad he might be out there listening today um and uh, i'm glad to count him and his family amongst the the listenership now so uh uh, we welcome them to the car doctor family drew brought me his 2006 lexus lx470 about two weeks ago Drew's a real smart guy. I, I always like talking to Drew because, you know, there's you can always tell somebody that's going to be successful in life, right? And and Drew's one of those guys. He's he's the kind of guy that walks into a room when you've got a fire going and he'll tell you, hey, the fireplace needs to be cleaned because there's just a little bit of smoke in the room and he'll be the one guy that notices it where most people will just say, ah, that's normal, it's a fire. He owns a landscaping company, Magic Gardens Landscaping in Allendale, New Jersey, and they do some really beautiful stuff. And from what I understand, Drew actually designs things for the backyard right at the top of his head. You need, a, you need a waterfall there, you need some rock there, you need some flower gardens there, and it looks like the Taj Mahal when he's done. And, and So he's one of those guys that he lays it out in his head and then he puts it on paper and he makes it work, right? So he bought this 2006 LX470 Lexus, and before he bought it, he said, will you work on this car? Yeah, you know, car's a car. I mean, I I don't get why. He says, well, because it's old. And it is old. I mean, it's 15 years old now, right? The the 2020s are out, so it's it's approaching 15 years. It's not like it's a spring chicken. And um, I said, yeah. I said, go look at it. I told him what to look for, and he looked for it, and he bought the car, you know. And I don't, I don't elaborate the story. That's the way it worked. And it showed up at the shop, and, you know, we went through it. And one of the things that we were both kind of surprised and amazed and disappointed at it all at the same time is what some of the parts cost for this Lexus from Lexus. It's insane, all right? The car needed rear hatch pistons. 
The rear hatch pistons, the two little things that hold the, the rear deck lid up, from Lexus were $190 a piece. In the aftermarket, and, you know, decent quality in the aftermarket, nothing terrible. They work. They're, they've got a lifetime guarantee, and he'll get four years out of them, five years out of them, I'm sure, if not longer. They were $54. You know, and you, you sit there and you say, huh. And we did brakes, and we did some air conditioning work, and couple other things and we got all done and we're standing at the counter talking we're you know closing business and i said drew i gotta ask i said you know why and he said because he said when you look at an older car he says and he actually he said <laughs> i'm not telling the whole story right he said you know i kind of got this from you he said you always talk about how you know the older car because you've been through the technology once or twice or ten times or a hundred times because They've all failed, and he says, "I figured if I'm going to have something fail, I might as well have something I like, I'm comfortable in. You might as well you you, you could fix, you know, a Toyota Corolla or a Lexus LX470. At least I'm comfortable. It's a luxury car." He says, "You know the technology," and he goes, "And it's a heck of a lot cheaper." You know he's right, and and I've said this, and I know he's right, but it's just to make the point that he really is right, and it really does make sense. I think we ended up putting, I'm going to say, twenty five hundred bucks in the car initially. All right. And a vehicle that's got, I forget the mileage, what it had on it. Did it have 100 or 150? It didn't matter. It's a, it's a, and they're tanks, these cars. They've got their quirks. There's some things that we don't want to break. We don't want the hydraulic suspension system to fail because that'll make you run screaming from the room, you know, four or $5,000 to fix. I hope Drew doesn't listen to this broadcast and hear that part. We'll hear a scream go up in Allendale, New Jersey. There'll be a puff of smoke around Magic Gardens landscaping and be like, poof. Um, but yet, it's still cheaper than... The new car, because that LX470 to buy new, oh, probably every bit of sixty-five thousand dollars. You know, pay ten grand for the used car, put another two, three thousand in it, put a couple of grand a year in it over the core, put a couple of put a grand in it a year for the next five years. For under twenty grand, you've been driving this Lexus for the past five years, and what do you got? So, um, just something to think about. The technology is a little bit cheaper sometimes to purchase as it gets older, and uh, you might be better off in the long run. Let's kick the garage doors open. Let's get over to Victoria in Wisconsin, 12 town and country, and some problems with the air conditioning. Victoria, welcome to the car, doctor. How can I help? Hello. Well, hello, handsome. Oh, thank I you. love your voice. Oh, thank you, darling. So, oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Mikey, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that uh, it's going to be that kind of a show today. Oh. Uh, so, uh, well, so I, I guess I have a 2012 town and country. Right. And I had the air conditioning replaced. Okay. And ever since I have, when I start the car up in the morning and I turn the air on, it sounds like an Oktoberfest horn, and but just like a blast, and then it's gone. And I've taken the car back to the people who put it in, and they can find nothing. They kept it all day, but it's when I'm driving it now down the road, it's getting worse. It's does not, it does it does it make the noise for them? No, no. So they never hear the noise, or so they claim. They've never heard it, no. No, okay. so I'm hoping you can tell me, go tell them this. Well, my first question is, and it's, it's only when you start out in the morning? No, now it's doing it just periodically when I turn the air and I'm driving, you know, down the road, and, and it just, you know, like, a, like an Oktoberfest horn. Because obviously you've got to get them to hear it. That's, yes. that's That's step one. Now it's only when the air conditioning's on. Yes. Okay. And what part of the air conditioning did they change? The compressor? 
Oh, goodness. I think the whole thing. So well, would that, the I whole, don't know. The whole thing would be kind of crazy. Like, why would they, you know, the whole thing is, that's quite a bit. Um, you know. It's, I, maybe it was the compressor then. I, I mean, it was, it, this has been a year and a half ago. So summer before now. So. Okay. So, um, so, yeah, the, so I, I think it cost me like $400 maybe. Oh. Trust so me. would that be a compressor? Um, not in New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> in New okay. Jersey, you know, in New Jersey, I think it's written into the bylaws that the, the state budget doesn't allow air conditioning repairs to be oh. done for under a thousand dollars. But that's just New Jersey. Oh. Okay. Uh, you know, we're we're the Garden State, the land of uh, so many opportunities. Um, <laughs> I, you know, if it's only there with the air conditioning on, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you're saying. And the compressor was replaced. And it was four hundred dollars, and I gotta Maybe think six hundred. I mean, it, 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 it's no more than six hundred. I'm okay. pretty sure. Okay, six six. Yeah. Do I hear eight? Four six eight. Do I hear? <laughs> um, I would tell you it's got to be a fault in the air conditioning compressor. It's as simple as that. Are these okay. are these guys your regular? Are these guys your regular mechanics? It's yeah. They they one of them. I've kind of switched because I mean I took it there twice. I'm thinking, how can you not hear this? I left the van there all day. And they they still couldn't they you right. know, they let it run. But I'm thinking maybe I should take it there and let them start it up in the morning and let them have it overnight. Well, why don't you? Why don't usually you, it's the first thing. Why don't you park it on their lot and come back in the morning with the key? I know it's a pain in the butt, but you know, hey, listen, I'm parking my car here tonight. I'll see you in the morning, and oh, we're and we're and, and we're going to go for a ride, you <laughs> you and I, and we're going to listen to this noise. Okay. All right. Uh, and now it's yeah, and now it's happening more. Right, it's happening more than it used to be. Just once or twice, and it'd be done. And now it's like six, well, seven times. That's because the warrant. That's that's because the warranty is running out. As you get closer oh, to the end of the go. warranty, the problem manifests itself. It's a proportionate response. Um, you know, that's that's just that's just the way it works. That's like babies come at three in the morning and the car never has gas in the tank. And yes. as the warranty comes to a close, that's usually just before or after the part explodes. So okay. it's you know that's that's the worn out indicator. At least you know when it's coming. Yeah. So, but, so your uh, best guess is something in the compressor. Well, if they, and I think they changed the compressor from the way you're describing it. And okay. yeah, I would I would tell you. And if it's only there with the with the AC on, for that matter, unplug the compressor electrically. Tell them. All right. Oh, okay. Turn the air conditioning on. The compressor won't come on, but maybe some of the other controls will. At least you know it doesn't have anything to do electrically. It may or may not be a good test, but at least it's a starting point. You know, sometimes you got to start to eliminate things, and, 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 and I'm lazy as the older I get. I like to eliminate the easy things. What did, what did I touch mm-hmm. last? What was the last thing I did? I, yeah. you know, I kind of went through this on my Suburban. I had replaced belts and idler pulleys and water pumps and all sorts of mean, nasty, ugly things, and... The first cold day, about two months later, the first cold day, the the car would do all the time. It sounded like it sounded oh. like an air raid siren. So, or, or Tom Ray when he gets his when he runs over his foot when he <laughs> buys his car by mistake. And it, you know, I I kept going through it in my head, and I said, you know, I bet you the belts are singing and talking to me. I took off the AC compressor belt, and sure enough, the noise went away. And I put an, I put a different brand AC compressor belt on, and the car's fixed. So. Uh, so know, it wouldn't be a hose that's getting like squeezed off or something. Well, why? Anytime somebody says, "Could it be this? Could it be that?" Tell me why. You know, because it, because of the horn noise. It, I mean, it just sounds like it's tr- like it's holding air, and then that bl- like like somebody's blowing through a horn. Well, could they have? Did they have to take apart the air cleaner duct? 
as part of putting the AC compressor in. So let's say yes. Let's okay. Say they did. Then maybe they assembled the air cleaner duct wrong, if that's possible. Okay. Okay. So. And would that would that sometimes make an noise? Yeah. Like sure. That? Absolutely. Matter of fact, okay. early early Fords, 2001, 2003, Grand Marquis, Crown Vicks, all did that. They made, it was like a moose call, and they had a problem with the way the airbox was being assembled, and they would make that noise. It was like a foghorn moose call kind of a noise. Um, so, that's yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. So that's, the air compressor, what? The, the, the air cleaner assembly. If they had to take air the, air in, the air cleaner assembly or ducts apart to do the AC compressor, maybe it's not assembled properly. Okay. But okay, now listen, I got I got to warn you, Vicky. I, I I don't have too much hope for these guys because it's been a year and a half, <laughs> and they keep blowing you off like it's you know like they can't fix it or they don't want to fix it. So you got to go in there and yeah. play hardball a little bit. Yeah. All right. Yes. You call okay, me back. Thank you. You tell me. Thank you tell you me so talk. Much. You're very welcome. You tell me talk okay, about. We're gonna fix this. Uh -huh. All right, darling. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you. You're bye -bye. welcome. Bye bye. I'm running. Look at that. See that? Um, I've got the sexy voice. Ronnie ain't the car doctor, and I'll be out right after this. See. Ya. What's more fun than listening to Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call. Now, back to Ron. Hey, just as a reminder, just so everybody knows, coming up next week, next week or the week after, I'm not sure when, but the folks from Super Chips have allowed us to give away another Super Chips dash pack. So, you know, if you're looking for a way to tune your vehicle electronically, if you're looking for a way to, you know, have a little hot rod and fun, or maybe you're looking for more power and torque out of your pickup truck, the Super Chips Dash Pack has a 5-inch high-definition screen. It's got a faster processor now than previous models. It gives you multiple vehicle license options, the ability to load custom tunes using Diablo Sports custom software, and it'll give you the ability to really make that vehicle run the way you want it to run. It's like the old days. Instead of tuning it with a screwdriver and a timing light, you're now going to go tune the car electronically. So coming up in the next week or two, we're going to be giving away a Super Chips Dash Pack, and um, uh, we look forward to that. So when you call in, be nice to Tom. Tom probably has the deciding vote, um, but I uh, just want to make everybody aware of that. Let's go over and talk to Phil on 2 from Vermont. Phil, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Yes, I listen to your show all the time, and you've been helpful. I have got a 2011 GMC pickup, six-point liter. Okay. It's got 35,000 miles on it, and ever since it was new, it had about 100 miles on it when I got it. The thing, when you first set it up, it runs rough, and then it smoothed out a little bit, but it never smooths out completely, and I had it to three different dealers, and they couldn't find nothing. They said there was One of them said there was a bulletin on it, and it called for a deep throttle body clean, and they did that, and, and they said there was no codes, no nothing. So it, I, I can have my... It, I was going to say, Phil, is it a resonance that you feel it through the steering wheel, or or is it a shake that you feel in the seat of your pants? No, I, I, well, I kind of feel it in the steering wheel, but I can have my water bottle in the uh, console, and the thing will be vibrating quite a bit. Okay. Okay. Um, we got to look outside the box, right? Now, is the is the problem mm -hmm. is the problem there only when you start it, and then it goes away after a while? Um, well, quite often when I'll I'll start it up, I'll just sit there and listen to it, and it does it. And then when I arrive at where I'm going, I'll see if it's still there, and it's still there. But when I'm driving it, it's got tons of power, and yeah, yeah, you, know, I... you don't feel it when you're driving. It's just the idle. Is it? 
is it a matter of when you start it, you know, it'll it'll vibrate, it shakes, you know, does it change when you put it in gear, or is it that same roughness to it? Yeah, it's still the same roughness. Okay. So, you know, the the questions become, and, you know, we're, we're going to go down the rabbit hole with this one because there's a lot of possibilities, but... If if it's duplicatable, and we you know we can we can see it, feel it, hear it happen. First thing we you know we want to look at basics. We want to obviously, and I'm sure the dealership did this, and I just want to mention it. But you know, first things first, that we went through bulletins and we went through potential reflashes for the vehicle. Are there any flash or software updates for it? All right, just to get that off the table. If they didn't mention that, okay. So that's step one. You know, let's let's go through basics. Number one, number two. On a vehicle like this, um, an 11, take a look at, does it have a plow on it, Phil, by chance? It it does. Okay. So when did they put the plow on? That came with it. Okay. But was that installed at the dealer, or was it, yeah, it had to be installed at the dealer, no, right? No, the dealer, the dealer had it installed, but it was at the dealer when I got right. it. Right, but I'm saying it didn't come from the factory that way. Correct. All right. Humor me, all right? And don't ask how I know this, but I've been down this road, all right? Lift the hood. Look at the passenger side cylinder head, all right? There should be, I'm trying to think, is it G103? G103 or G104, ground 103 or 104. There's a heavy cylinder, because the battery's on the passenger side, correct? Uh, I have two batteries. Two batteries, but the but the primary batteries on the passenger side. The other one, the other yeah, one is in the yeah, driver's side back. front corner. Yeah, right, right, right. The ground mm -hmm. for that one battery is at the front front of the cylinder head on the right side. I don't okay. know. I don't know why they do it, but every snowplow guy I've ever seen also ties into that ground for the snowplow, and sometimes they don't exactly tighten it. <laughs> You know, or they don't they don't put it back together the right way. Or I even had one where the where the ground strap was left on top of the intake, and it would make an intermittent connection, and the car started, but it never really ran right. What I want to get to is check all the vehicle grounds, make sure all the vehicle grounds are good, clean, and tight. Pay attention to that one in the front corner of the cylinder head. Last, and I want you to do this and call me back. Have your mechanic look at it when it's cold, when it's running rough. Does anything come up as far as misfires on a scan? tool. Not that it's setting a code, but do we see physical misfires? Do those three things. Call me back. I'm running in the car doctor. We'll be back right after this. back running into the car doctor you know i don't know where this show is going today but there's so much going on behind the scenes today it's going right downhill it's going right downhill but we're just trying to fix cars and that's what this is all about so holy smokes rick i got i got a few more left in me today before tom and mikey kill me so how can i help you up there in vermont with your s10 yeah listen i'm a transplant from new jersey Middlesex county but i live in vermont uh i got an s10 blazer 8687 that i'm uh used to Back in the day, in the 60s, I used to build 55 Chevys and 57s. That'd, that'd but I, got, I got a 2.8 standard two-wheel drive S10 Blazer that I'm uh, trying to rebuild. I bought it out of Savannah, Georgia, because it's perfect. Right. But I had no drivetrain, so I put a drivetrain in out of one of my uh, five other S10s. 
and I'm putting a clutch back in it. I put the clutch, the slave cylinder, and now I got problems with the uh, the firewall where the, the the clutch goes into the firewall cylinder underneath the, the reservoir uh, tank on it. Or not tank, but um, um, uh, where the slave cylinder works out of. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm having no luck with it. Now, there's a brand-new slave cylinder in the clutch, um, and uh, I'm trying to uh, figure out where I, Am I going to have... You think I might probably need one in the firewall? I've got to rip that old firewall thing out. Well, let's let's back up a second, Rick. So, so you've got... You know, you, you put in a fresh V6, fresh clutch, a new slave, yep. and did, is this a conversion? Are you converting an automatic S10 no, no, no. to a stick? Wait, 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 wait. It was a five speed off the floor. Okay, so it was a. So you're just you're just replacing with ex- existing, like with like. No, I'm re, I'm, I'm restoring it. Okay. I want to get QQ place for it. Okay, so so you're just, but so you put a clutch in a in an in an S10 Blazer, you know, it's not that you're refabricating or creating something. You're working with what the factory put in. It's a factory system. Yeah, but but I just took it out of, I, another S. I, I what I did is. It's cheaper to buy a whole S10 Blazer. Sure. And I found another one that uh, was a four-door. I ripped it all apart. I took everything out of it. And it's a, it's a 2.8 standard. Uh, the thing I changed was a drive shaft. And uh, okay, but and my but my but my question right. my question and my point is that it it you originally had a five-speed vehicle. You're putting same five-speed components back in. Yes. And, and now you've got a fresh clutch in it with a slave, and you're trying to tell me something. I think you're trying to tell me that the clutch won't bleed. You can't get a clutch pedal. Uh, right. I, okay. I can't get. I can't get it to work. Okay. So you just can't get a pedal, no matter how much you try and bleed the system. Right. So I think it's the, the unit in the firewall. Well, before we go there, all right. Tell me how you're trying to bleed it. Say that again. Tell me how you're trying to bleed it. Uh, down underneath on the uh, on the new slave cylinder, I put in the in, in, in the trans. Right. In the clutch. Right. And and what are you doing? You're opening the bleeder, stroking it, closing it, or closing yeah, it, yeah. and opening it. And, okay. Let's let's try this. All right. Is that slave cylinder on the trans? And I'm trying to remember. Is that at a bit yes. of an angle, or is that yes. straight? It's at an angle. Straight. It's just right on the trans. Okay. And is the is the is the clutch master? Is it a separate clutch master for the clutch, or is it part of the brake master with a separate reservoir? It's a separate reservoir. Okay, but it's and it's its own hydraulic unit, right? It's its own yes, yes. clutch master. Okay, I remember this. So, if you, say again, I went to a, a, a parts place, uh, a local parts place, uh, chain, you know, uh, and they said I got to go to the dealer and get it. What's that? Or I gotta go to a junkyard to find another one. What's that? The master? Yeah. No, no. We'll send. We'll send you out. It's attached to the the brake pedal system, and uh, and it has its It's on a whole combo there. Well, before you do that, and and a brake. Before you do that, I'm going to tell you to go out to O'ReillyAuto.com and see what O'Reilly Auto Parts has. But regardless, before we go there. Have you tried gravity bleeding this? If you open up that bleeder, put a drip pan underneath it, and keep the master full, does it drip fluid? I don't know. I could try that. Okay. That's number one. Number two, um, if, if you were around in the 60s, you might have seen this. You ever bleed brakes with a, a hypodermic syringe? 
No, no, right. no. And I, I, I've done, I, I've done uh, too many brake jobs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I had my '55 Chevy, my '57 station wagon, uh, my 50, when I used to race them down English Town, right? And back, back in the day, uh, in pure stock. And uh, well, anyway, I had things like that. I had to do. Okay. You know, I. I, I well, anyway. All right. So just yeah, li- li- follow follow me, Rick. It's only a one hour show. So if you go out to the local auto parts store, all right, or you'll find it online. Just I've seen them on eBay. They're still out there in various places. Oh, and, they are. Yeah, and, okay, I'll go on eBay and look for them. Yeah, you want you want a hypodermic bleeder where it's that large bleeder. It looks like a hypodermic needle, but it's large. It's got a rubber tip on it. Fill it with brake fluid. Purge the air out of it, you know, hold it up just like a doctor, hold it up in the air, squirt yeah, yeah, out the yeah. fluid, and open up the bleeder and force the fluid in. You don't have to, it's not a mad rush because you don't want to go fast anyway. You'll aerate it. And right. it's, it almost becomes a two person operation. If one person's pushing the fluid in at the bleeder and another person's watching at the master with the lid off, you might actually see the bubbles start to slowly, you know, come out because it's very possible this cylinder is airbound. And reverse, no, no. Re- reverse Somebody bleeding. Somebody else told me that, and that's uh, about it. But uh, I heard you the other week, and then I was trying to call, and then I finally got in to you during the week. I left a message, and, and then I got on. And okay. then I, I, I'm, I'm still working on it. I want to get the thing running. Yeah. The, the weather finally got good after all the rain we had. And I want to take it out on the road a little bit. Yeah, but that's. But that, I, I, I can't drive. I, yeah. I gotta have a clutch. No, you gotta have a clutch. But that's that's how I would approach it. I would I would take it from that perspective, you know. Just before we go and change components, let's try bleeding everything, and let's see what it does. You know, and it's 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 first I would try a gravity bleed. Second, I would do a hypodermic bleed. Last, all right. You may find. And I'm trying to remember the exact angle of the clutch master. If the clutch master is pointed down, sometimes raising the nose of the vehicle on those vehicles, some of them were, raising the nose allows the air trapped at the very bottom to push its way out and blip out of the top of the master overnight. So, you know, lift it up on jack stands, put it at an extreme angle, support it. Don't leave it up on the jack overnight without jack stands and see what that does for you in the morning. One of those three I would try. I would try all three. One of those three may work for you prior to just changing the clutch master. Do that. Call me back. 855-560-9900. Ron and the car doctor coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ronnie and the Car Doctor here. You know, very fitting music, Werewolves of London, right? I'm reading Dr. Richard McCann's book, Classic Car Adventures uh, from England, as a matter of fact, London. And um, I-, I was chuckling, right? And we- we've been giving away a couple of copies of this from time to time. We'll give away- we got one more to give away. We'll probably do it next week. 1949 Buick Roadmaster, page 53. Arguably the best-looking dash of any GM vehicle in 1949. And I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, okay, simple and subdued with classy spun aluminum inserts inside the recessed gauges. You ever notice that? You go to a car show, you look at the dashboards, like, you know, one that's done nice, that's done proper to the to the original. It's like jewelry, right? It's like looking at a fine watch. It's just, everything is just, it sparkles, and it's it's just the way it was then, right? These cars must have been like the cause of divorce, though, because listen to the next line in the description. Heater controls are to the left of the steering wheel, well out of passenger reach. So that means, you know, because I know what it's like to ride with, is the wife listening? I know what it's like to ride with with, with Susie now, you know, because it's, 
You ever notice that? That you know, I think I think the person that invented split air conditioning was a woman, right? That it's you know that that this side of the car can be hot and this side of the car can be cold because because in 1949 you couldn't do that. In 1949 you have to reach across the husband, probably smack him in the head, and say, "Hey, turn on the heat or turn off the heat, one or the other." But um, I just you know. That's Dr. McCann, his great book. I, I heard from him this week, by the way. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a real quick car doctor story. So Dr. McCann called me from, from London or from England this week, and the phone rang, and uh, you know, caller ID came up, dotted lines, and I, I didn't know if it was a prank or spam or what, but I picked it up. It was, it was Richard. So we're talking, and I, and I said to him, just out of curiosity, I, I didn't know the answer to this, and I'm always curious how somebody either finds the shop or how somebody finds the radio show, that kind of thing, and he said, Oh, don't you know? And I said, go ahead. And he said, well, there's a bar. And I went, oh, no. I said, let me finish this story. And he said, yeah. And I said, there's a bar in South London. He says, yeah, a pub. Right, a pub. Yeah, we're in England, right? The land of grog and, you know, knights in shining armor and Lancelot and whatever else they got and warm beer. And I've, I've, I've told this story on air, and I've never really gotten confirmation that I remember, but this was confirmation. He said, yeah, there's a pub in South London on Friday night that advertises warm beer and the car doctor. And they, they, they play the radio show, and they sit around drinking warm beer. They talk about their cars, and he said, and then this is the best part, he said, and then on Saturday and Sunday we try working on our cars, and we all call each other saying, what would Ron do? And somebody always inevitably says, Ron would set it on fire. So, <laughs> because after the third attempt, you're out, um, which, you know, maybe. I mean, that's – so we've got to take a road trip. I think it would be so funny. You know, I could get the name of the pub, and we'll just show up there and do the radio show live from London. That would be hysterical. They wouldn't know what was going on. They It would be, like, so surreal. Um, but I just – you know, Tom and I talk about it all the time on a, on a personal note. We, we kind of get into this – how big is the radio show? It's just, is it just this little – you know, or isn't it? And I, I keep saying to Tom, I said, we're going to find out one day. I said, not anytime soon, but someday we're going to announce retirement. And then we're going to find out what it's, you know, what's really here and what's not here. And um, you, you just don't know. And that's why, in all honesty, I take the radio show. You know what? We've always taken it serious and we're always here to help. And we're always here to try and fix your problem because it's by the grace of God that we're here. And we enjoy doing it. And we really ultimately, we have a lot of laughs, but we enjoy helping people. Mr. Ray. I was just going to say, I'm waiting for that call from Antarctica. We got calls from just about no, every place else. There's, there's, there's one place we're not going, and that's Antarctica. Uh, too cold. I hear it's great in the summer, and the penguins are very entertaining. Well, I could understand that, but I'm not, I'm not eating blubber. Um, there's just, there's just no way. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I was talking to, um, and we're we're off topic here, but we're we've got a minute left in this segment. Um, anybody ever think about salmon fishing? I know this isn't a car related thing. So I, we go to the diner on Thursday night. We see Georgie. Um, Georgie's my little. Greek friend, he's, you know, so high and so wide, and um, he's got a brother who does salmon fishing off the Bering Straits in Alaska, and he starts telling us stories about that, how they go out for, you know, weeks at a time and collect salmon and bring it back, and, you know, and Georgie says, yeah, he can't go out too far because he's only got a 40-foot boat. Um, well, how far out does he go? Oh, about four miles, five miles, you know, and, well, well, what's the difference? And he says, well, the further out you go, the bigger the seas get. Well, how big are the seas out where he gets to? He says, so he goes out in, in, in a 40-foot boat in 20-foot, in, in 20 25-foot seas, um, meaning the water is over the top of the, 
you know what, enjoy your salmon because whoever's paying for it, you know what, that's a lot of work to bring you that little chunk of salmon so that you can enjoy it. I, I'd switch to hamburger. Um, I really would, but um, in any event. When we come back, we're going to close out the hour. We're going to talk a little bit about Mitchell One. We've got a real good Mitchell One uh, sure track fix of the week, so we're coming up next with that. I'm Ron Anini, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Keep that number handy during the course of the week, 855-560-9900. 24-7 phone number. You can use it during the week to leave a message, and Tom Ray, executive producer, will call you back and put you in the queue for next week's show or beyond. So, um, you know, 855-560-9900 is 24-7. Uh, Tom also informs me that next week, for sure, of course, coming from Tom, anything's possible, Super Chips Dash Pack Plus, the Super Chips Dash Pack Plus Vehicle tuner, 5-inch high-def screen, preloaded tunes, custom tuning, the ability to electronically tune your vehicle. We're going to be giving that away next week, so uh, we can look forward to that. It's going to be based on calls. Call in, give us a question, and uh, you might be in line. You might actually uh, win a, a Super Chips Dash Pack Plus. From Mitchell One. Now, Mitchell One has this really nice system. They're the information people, MitchellOne.com. They call it Real Fix Sure Track, and Real Fix Sure Track is a collection of tips and potential solutions to problems that people are having repairing cars. Shops that are reporting in and saying, hey, I, I had a car do this and this. Here's the solution. Here's one that I thought was interesting. It's a common problem that I've seen quite a bit. And while I may have seen it, maybe the other guy hasn't, but they explain it well. It's titled Chattering Pathfinder. Transmissions are precision machinery that do not like contamination in their fluid. A small amount of contamination will cause Issues. Short track community member Neil had a 2005 Nissan Pathfinder in the shop where the transmission would chatter at highway speed. They put the question out to the community with the help of other fellow members, training man one and others. They were able to resolve the problem quickly. And it's described as follows. 2005 Nissan Pathfinder 4 liter chatters at 80 kilometers. So I guess this was uh, probably maybe overseas or Canada uh, on the highway because they are an international company. This is what's so cool about it. And they ended up replacing the transmission and cooler. But here was the diagnostic steps. Transfluid was changed recently, and the customer had a loud electrical whine from the trans control module. The fluid was good. They thought it was a trans issue. And what they ended up getting responses of, just because they talked about how it, it, it slips and chattered, um, best answer came from Training Man 1. He said, most of these I've seen the trans cooler inside the radiator ruptures, which they do. The, the, the radiator actually causes the transmission to fail. The cooler in the radiator goes bad, contaminates the trans fluid with coolant. And as he, as training man puts it, even if you flush them, you can't get them to quite quit shuddering. So check that the fluid's good with either test strips or a glycol contamination. And then even if at, at least, and I like this, this is the simple test, right? Get a metal spoon, put some fluid in it, get a lighter, heat it up. If it has a lot of glycol in it, it will boil before the fluid will get hot enough to ignite, right? Because, you know, coolant will boil before transfluid ignites. Transfluid has a higher uh, evaporation point. Regardless, most of these get a shutter, have glycol contamination. On a side note, if the radiator is ruptured, replace the trans, replace the radiator. Transfluid contaminated with coolant. Correction was they put a trans in a radiator. I've seen this. If you're driving that generation Pathfinder Nissan product, four, five, six, seven, you really got to get a look. You got high mileage on it. You're all proud of your vehicle. Think about doing a radiator before it fails, because if it does, that $300 radiator just became a $6,000 transmission. So the price you save may be your own. Till the next time, I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless.